And now here's another timely yet timeless word from the Word of God from one of our services at First Baptist Church of Crawfordville. Hey, listen, we're in for another treat. Uh, how many have heard uh, Joshua before? This will be his, I think, fourth time. I think two Sunday nights and then a Sunday morning. And uh, I'm going to let him fill you in, but I know that it's been close to four years since he and his family have been home. They serve in Nagaland, India. That's a long way away. And India kind of shut down when COVID came. So they are back home, and uh, I'm excited to have Joshua. You come and share with us whatever God has put on your heart, Joshua. You come on, and you can introduce your daughters. He has five children. Now, Bernice's wife and two of the other ones are not here, but that, that's okay. So you come and, and, and lead us as God. Uh, share, uh, share with us as God leads. All right. Is it on? Just making sure. All right. Cool. Hey, praise the Lord. Uh, this is a day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And I just really appreciate Pastor Fell and Mrs. Fell and First Baptist Church family here for your support, your prayers, and all the encouragement that you send. Um, sometimes it's just a message or just saying we're praying or even sometimes it's monthly gift. It, it really depends on how the Lord leads you, but I get a lot of encouragement from y'all in this church. So I really appreciate y'all having us here today. My better half, my my wife is not here. We have a, a, a son who is not feeling well, so pray for him. He's two years old. He was born during the lockdown, and his name is Josiah Joshua, and uh, God gifted us with him during the lockdown. So during the four years, our family has expanded. Uh, we have been fruitful, and we have multiplied. So we are obeying that first command. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer before I go any further and just continue that spirit of grace and mercy that we present before the throne of God. Father, we just come before you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I just thank you so much for this church. I thank you for your presence here among us. You said where two or three are gathered in your name, you are in their midst. And so, Father, we ask you in Jesus' name that your Holy Spirit would lead this uh, presentation, would lead this time of fellowship, would lead this time of exhortation in your word through song, through message, and through your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your grace and mercy. We pray for those who are not feeling well, even across this member of body, that you bring healing, that you bring blessing and bring grace upon their life. Father, we also pray, Lord God, that you continue to give Pastor Fell and Mrs. Fell wisdom and grace and your anointing as they continue to lead uh, as good shepherds in this fellowship, Lord God. I'm so thankful for them, and I pray you bless their family as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, uh, real quick, uh, make sure the presentation's up there. Great. Um, the main verse, obviously, surrounding this presentation is Matthew 28, 18 through 20, which is the Great Commission. And it reminds us, it says in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it's the Great Commission when Jesus gave this last commission to his disciples before, you know, he ascended. We see in Acts chapter 1, he ascended. And he also gives a message there as well. But this is a key message about the Great Commission. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things which I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And, you know, in the King James says, Go ye therefore, and it says, Teach all nations. This idea of making disciples around the world. 
not just in our community, not just in our state, as we read in Nam, which is wonderful, praise the Lord for them, but also unto the nations, to the ends of the earth. He reminds us that in Acts chapter 1, he says that basically it's not for you to know the times, the seasons, or the hours, but he reminds us, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when he's on you, he said, go ye therefore, he said, basically reminds him, he says, not only to Judea, Samaria, but to the ends of the earth. So they told him to leave Jerusalem and to go out to the ends of the earth. Also, we read in Revelation, one last verse I want to discuss before I get into the main meat of the presentation. I was reminded of this this morning, but it says in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, after these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, which is languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with the white robes and palm branches in their hand, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Praise the Lord. This is, we read the end of the book, as I hear many times people have said, and we win. We as born again believers, as part of the kingdom of God, we win. So we are, we've already defeated a defeated foe because Satan is a defeated foe. Sin and the devil in this world are a defeated foe. See, these things, we are in the kingdom of God. And as we pursue his kingdom, and as we honor Jesus, these things, we realize that victory is already in our hands. That's why we sing that song, Oh, Victory in Jesus. Not, Oh, Victory in me, not, Oh, Victory in us, but, Oh, Victory in Jesus. Because Jesus gives us the victory, both on and off the field. So we are Christian Academy and Lighthouse, a lighthouse to the nations. There's our address up there. Uh, our website's up there. Please feel free after this, go check out our website. We've made a lot of updates on there, a lot of pictures, a lot of things. If you miss anything here, it's on the website. So it's really helpful. If you want to be on our uh, monthly letter, we try not to spam people too much because you guys probably get a bunch of emails and you just throw them in the spam box or please unsubscribe. If you want to be part of that monthly message of what we share, what's going on, uh, just send us an email right there. Say, hey, I'd like to subscribe or hey, put me on the email list. That way we know that we're not spamming you. All right. And if you ever want to get off, do you just send an email and say, please take me off and you'll be taken off as well. So let's next slide. There's my family up there. Uh, by the grace of God, uh, I was born again at eight years old. That's the most important thing in my life up there is that I was born again believer at eight years old. And why do I say that? Because in third grade, uh, I went to a Christian school. I actually graduated from North Florida Christian School in Tallahassee. And one of the things... Are we checking clear? Awesome, thank you. So one of the things, uh, when I graduated, um, I went to a Christian school. I wasn't born into a Christian family, though. But by the grace of God, I heard the gospel at a Christian school, and I became a born-again believer at eight years old in third grade. And I remember I want to tell everybody about Jesus. And even my Jewish side, on my, on my father's side, I want to tell them about Jesus. And uh, some people didn't want to hear about it. Some people did. It was a mixed review. And I really learned very quickly as an eight-year-old boy, not everybody loves the gospel. Not everybody loves Jesus. And he can be very offensive or he can be welcoming to some. It depends. He's a stumbling stone or he's a foundation stone. You know, the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing is what the Bible tells us. So when I shared that, I realized and even had one person throw away the Bible in front of me as an eight-year-old boy. 
So I remember seeing that and seeing that clear uh, distinction of who Christ is. And when I became born again, later on I got baptized, went to a Baptist church. But I'm here by the grace of God, and I'm in my 40s now, married 17 years, five children later. I sin every day, but by the grace of God, if you become born again as a child, you're in that 85 percentile of those who are born again. You see, outside of 4 to 14 years old, you have about a 20 to 15% chance of being born again. That's a global statistic. They call it the 4 to 14 window. A lot of people know about the 1040 window where all the unreached countries are, but 4 to 14 is also critical mass for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And see, Satan also knows that. That's why he's trying to get into schools. That's why he's trying to get into different communities, into the neighborhoods, into different sectors of society, because he knows if he can get them when you're young. That's what Hitler said when he took over Germany and became Nazi Germany. He said, if I control the curriculum, I control the nation. If I control the textbooks, I control what the country believes. And he sure did. The rest is history. So it's very important where we spend 40, 50 hours a week as a child. It's very important where we spend our life and what we invest in when we're young. And it's very important to the kingdom of God, and it changed my life forever. You know, by the grace of God, I've never drank, never smoked, never done a drug in my life. Been through different services, been around the world, been almost 40 countries. But that's a testimony of God's grace. And when my wife and I said, I do, it was I don't to everything else. It was a commitment to each other in Christ. She was, old, she, she was born into a Christian home, and, but by the grace of God, she got saved as a teenager. And, uh, you know, we had, we've been married now, like I said, our five children, we're trying to teach them the same path as well as the school and the rest of the students as well. Up there you'll see as well uh, my education background and then different languages that I've had to study or have learned on the, on the field, <laughs> not necessarily in a classroom, but I see it as we're just his servant. We're his chief servant to serve him in his kingdom. So we praise God for that. Next slide, please. Thank you. Just a quick picture up there, me and my family, and during service time, uh, both in the Navy and the Air Force, and it uh, seems like a long time ago, it, even though it's very short, really, and many of y'all who are older than me can tell me how fast things go. I'm, I'm starting to realize that pretty quickly. Next slide. Pastor Appreciation Month, Principal Appreciation Month, you get two in one. <laughs> so anyways, next. Uh, that's just the labor of the day. You know, every day, something new, something busy. You know, you're putting in 10-hour days probably at least, uh, getting up early morning, and you go until evening because you're running the campus church, you're also running the school, and it's pretty busy. Plus, you have five children of your own, you have about 100 students that you're also running, and uh, teachers and staff equal, if you accumulate everybody, about 50 so it's pretty busy out there on the field. It's definitely not Disneyland. But let me tell you something. It is the kingdom of God, and it's powerful. And I would rather be exhausted for the kingdom of God and be spent for Christ than be spent on frivolous things and activities and face the judgment seat of Christ. And Christ asked me, what did you do with my gospel? What did you do with the Bible? What did you do with the Holy Spirit that I gave you? What did you do with the gifts of God that I gave to you? Those talents, they belong to me. What did you do? with them you see everything you have your time talent and treasure all belong to christ and even if you never go to his place that's okay you can invest and you can be part of it and receive a prophet's reward the bible is very clear about these things when you invest in the kingdom you reap the reward as well when we get to heaven you reap the reward as well 
To whom much is given, much is required, much is expected. Next slide. We had our anniversary with the children this past anniversary. It was awesome. You know, we didn't do, uh, we didn't get the cruise line or anything, but we were up there working in the school and that's been like that four years straight. I mean, it's, uh, but I praise God for these children. I count them like my children as well. Next slide. As you can see, we even have children with different disabilities. We're probably one of the few schools in the region that have like this. We provide them with wheelchairs and other things that they may need. And by the grace of God, um, this is not something that, it's, it's difficult in this area because, you know, we just take it for granted here, but uh, over there, they might not accept you as a student. You say, well, isn't there laws? Yeah, there's laws. But the thing is, they might not accept you there if you have a disability, whether it be a learning or physical disability. The school won't take you. Well, we take them. We've, we've talked to parents who have thanked us so much for taking them. We provided over 100 scholarships for students so far, for children and orphans and needy children as well. Next slide, please. And I just want to say my wife is the unsung hero. She probably should be the one sharing today because she really does the nuts and bolts of the operation over there. All right. I mean, without her, this school doesn't happen. You know, the ministry that we do over there is very challenging enough. But without her having that indigenous aspect and understanding the tribal aspects of what's going on in the politics and the atmosphere and the environment really helps a lot because there's so many landmines that you can step on and boom, you're done, your ministry's over. So I praise God for her because she does a lot of things that are pretty amazing stuff that's behind the scenes. 1040 window, most of you all have heard about this. Most of the unreached nations live in this longitude latitude. Next slide, please. 95% of these people are unevangelized. That statistic on the bottom, you can hardly read there, but hope you can see it. 0.005% of all missions giving goes to this window. That's all giving like around the world that goes for missions actually goes to this window to reach them for Christ. That's not just schools or church planning or whatever. That's all giving put together. Next slide. James 1.27 the pure and undefiled religion is this, to care for the widows and the orphans in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. The Lord says, be holy as I am holy. I've been praying for revival in America, just like I pray for Asia, like I pray for around the world. But it's weird because right when we landed, the next day there was like some revivals breaking out on different campuses. So I was like, glory be to God. And I saw one of them had a stat and it said, holiness unto the Lord. Be holy unto the Lord. You see, revival also comes when we repent of our sin, when we ask Jesus to forgive us, when we start doing the right things that he tells us to do, when we're promptly obedient. If you read any revival, whether it be the Welsh revival or you read about the revivals that have happened throughout history, you see an act of obedience behind the revival. It's not just people singing and getting excited. It's people moving. It's people giving. It's people doing things for the kingdom of God and unashamedly and without fear because Jesus tells us, if you're ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before the Father. Confess your sins and be healed. Confess your sins. You see, even confess to one another. It's a good habit and it produces the fruits of righteousness and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. 100 million orphans are in this region. We have the number one orphan population in the world is in our region. Next slide, please. By the way, one thing I had to realize quickly that these orphans aren't because their parents died. 92% of the orphans are because their parents abandoned them. 
92%, their parents are still alive. It's hard for me to imagine with five kids of my own abandoning your kids. But they will. You'll see a kid starving and the parent still has food in their belly. It happens. It's sad because sin has no limits. But Romans chapter 8 reminds us, right, that we as children of God can cry out, Abba, Father. And he says in the psalmist, he says, even when my mother and my father forsake me, you took care of me. You take care of me. And that's why we're the hands and feet of Christ. We reach out, we give them education, we try to provide for them, we try to give them good homes, we try to connect them with good families. So in the public schools there, we just heard about the Indian, uh, the Native American reservations. Um, it's very similar, actually. When I was hearing those stats, I was like, wow, very similar. Because over there, the public schools, and really a lot of the private schools as well, really are lacking in just basic amenities, like clean drinking water and toilets and and teachers, you know, 75% may not come to work and a lot of them are not being paid. So you have this problem going on that's just, it falls back on the kids. You see, whenever you deal with corruption and these kind of things in developing nations, a lot of times corruption is because of sin. It's not just because of poverty. You see, there's billionaires in all these impoverished countries. There's billionaires in Africa. There's billionaires in Asia. It's not just a money problem. It's a sin problem. And this is what's going on around the world. That's why we become developing nations, because of corruption, because of lack of love. Without the love will grow cold in these last days. Next slide. There's the schools. Those are, those are pictures. I've spoken in these schools. That's an existing school right there. We have the highest student dropout rate in the world. Over 55% drop out of school every year. Only like 30, 40% even reach high school. We are in the golden triangle for drug trafficking and human trafficking. So it just gets sucked into that vacuum. So education is not just about, all right, learn your arithmetic and learn your ABCs and all those good things and even learning about Jesus. Yes, amen, it's about a Christian education, but it's also about salvation. It's about livelihood. It's about rescuing future families and generations from not just poverty, we're talking also about these kind of things that have huge ramifications on entire generations and communities. You see, when I read about Dr. William Carey, he started the oldest school in South Asia. He's a Baptist missionary, one of the famous ones that came out towards India and Calcutta. And you read about his story, it's amazing. But not just him, but many of them started schools. They started hospitals. They translated languages. They did a lot of different work, plus church planning. All the above, like not just A, B, C, but D, all the above. They did all the above. They were all-arounders. They had skill sets. They had, you have to be an all-arounder to be a very effective missionary. Otherwise, what happens is you, you kind of get stuck into one hole and you don't learn how to wear 20 different hats. Sometimes you have to wear 20 different hats and that's okay. Sometimes you're a construction manager. Sometimes you're a preacher. Sometimes you're always a preacher in season, out of season. You're always doing the work of an evangelist. But the thing is, you have to be able to use different skill sets, whatever God has given you, and use it for the glory of God and for the advancement of his kingdom. Next slide. So that's everything that is discussed there is on our website. Next slide, please. So you, you can't read all that, but that's on our website. I'm showing you a picture of the school building from afar up there in the corner. It's not big enough. 
We need the bigger campus to fit a thousand plus students, K through 12. We can only go up to class five, fifth grade at our current campus. We have a size limitation. And 200 kids, it's maxed out. No more children can come to that school. We have certain restrictions on us in this building. So the goal is to build that campus as soon as possible. For that, the school campus and the campus church. Next slide. There's a picture of the students. This was even after the lockdown. We grew during the lockdown. Praise God. Some schools shut down. Many businesses shut down, even overseas. We had millions of people die, not just from COVID, but from other diseases as well because they weren't being treated. And we went through almost uh, two years of pretty strict lockdown. I mean, no flying. I mean, it was about a year and a half of that for the region. And the schools were on strict lockdown for almost two years. And they didn't have internet access. So he said, what did you do? Well, you had mobile data through the phone and you use WhatsApp and you use other devices and apps to try to educate the children. It was very challenging, actually, because, you know, we didn't have the webcams and the, you know, the classroom and everything set up. We had to send videos and then grade the stuff. And nobody was used to online education, just like most folks. But over there was even more challenging because you're dealing with network issues, access issues. You know, it just adds on top of each other. So next slide. But the children were so happy to be back in school. They were excited. They were praising Jesus. And like I told you, in just three years, we've helped over 100 students, children, 100 children and their families have gotten scholarships. And it's because of you all. It's because of your giving. You see, when you partner like that, you're giving to a child over here on this camp. You're blessing a family who has these kind of needs and not access to government aid or to other aid that can help them during these times. So praise the Lord for you all and for the other bodies of Christ around America, really, and people, brothers and sisters who have partnered with us. We really appreciate you all. Next slide. Next slide. Next slide. Yep, typical classroom activities going on, student examinations three times a year. We had the final at the end of the year. Next slide. I also had to add a Christian curriculum to it. That was fun. Adding a Bible curriculum. I had to put a, I put a uh, creation science curriculum, basically using Dr. Ken Ham and answers in Genesis material and have something for the students because there's nothing like that over there. You know, nobody teaches this type of stuff that, oh, science and the Bible go together? Yes, they do. And it's pretty awesome. And there's people way more informed than I am that connect the dots really nicely. So what I do is I use their material and some things that is free. I use it and I put it together. The children love it. They absolutely love it. And it's the first time they've heard this kind of stuff. Because in their curriculum, in a lot of curriculums, and not just in one region, but in many places in Asia, it actually promotes certain types of doctrines. And not, we're not talking just evolution and things like this. I'm also talking like communism. I'm talking about ideas that we kind of think, oh, that's bad. Over there, it's kind of like, in many places, it's not seen as bad. And if you wonder why a child, okay, who's trained in these madrasas, like Muslim schools, that are trained them to be a certain way, and maybe not all of them come out of the way, but if they train a hardcore, no kidding, you're going to follow the Quran, you know, a five-year-old or 10-year-old doesn't just become a jihadist by chance. It comes through an education. You see, everybody's indoctrinating. I don't care if you're in a public school, private school, everybody's doing an indoctrination. Dr. Al Moeller talked about this over at Southern Seminary. Everybody's indoctrinating. 
It's just a matter of which doctrine are you being taught, which teaching are you being taught, right? And it's no different in Asia, it's no different in Africa, it's no different around the world. We've got to resurrect it. Martin Luther reminded us, he said, the church needs Christian schools. If we don't have a Christian school, then how are we supposed to educate the church properly? Martin Luther, the father of the Reformation. I mean, he reminded us of these things. So Christian schools were not just a new fad. They've been around since Jesus' time. Biblical Jewish schools existed before Jesus was born. Jesus went to a biblical Jewish school when he was a boy. He didn't go to the Roman schools. He went to a Jewish biblical school. All of his disciples went to Jewish biblical schools taught by rabbis, teacher. Jesus himself was called a rabbi, which means teacher. Just understand how important a Christian school is. It's not a side-on. <laughs> it's part of that, that triad you know, of, of home, church, and school. They go together in child development. It's not just a bonus. It's a foundational requirement. So whether you're homeschooling or Christian school or whatever, education is one of those parts of the foundation for a child's life. It impacted me. I'm, I'm a living testimony of Christian education. And I praise God for it. No regrets. And I'm thankful for those who invested for me to have part of a Christian education. Next slide, please. So, fun and safe environment. That's what we create. Next slide. We have sports days. We don't have sports teams out there like we do here, but we have sports days for our school. Next slide. We have prayer, morning, and uh, afternoon, we have prayer. Every single class, all the children memorize at least the Lord's Prayer. They, measure, they also memorize large portions of Scripture and biblical songs and hymns. Next slide. Next slide. Next slide. Next slide. Next slide. Next slide. We do celebrate every child's birthday. We give them a birthday card and we celebrate because we praise God for every child. We want every child to feel special. By the way, that doesn't happen in any school over there. <laughs> That's something we added on. To make them realize, hey, guess what? Jesus loves you. He died for you. You need the gospel. You need Jesus. He wants to save you. And once you become a child of God, it's not just your birthday, but you get a spiritual birthday as well. These things are very important. And we want every child to realize that they're created in the image of God. And we, have over, we actually have over 20 tribes in our school right now represent over 20 languages in one school you know i read a lot about diversity and all these things and people have their agendas but we really have diversity i mean it 20 20 different languages in one school wow praise the lord amen and people from unreached backgrounds as well i will not say which religion but many different religions and societies they're coming for one school and they're also learning about jesus Amen. Next slide. Next slide, please. Next slide. We're also training future leaders, servant leadership. So no matter what post they're in, right, whether it be government, private sector, whatever they're going to be, they're going to be somebody's husband or wife. They're somebody's son or daughter, and they're going to have an impact in their community, in their home, in their society, in their village. So that's very important. Think about it. We get to spend 40, 50 hours a week with them. At the church, maybe an hour and a half, two hours, three hours. If VBS is gone, okay, maybe four hours once a year. But at the school, you're literally spending 40, 50, 60 hours a week with these children. The Jewish people understood this. 
That's why they had these biblical elementary schools before Christ was even born. They were around about two, 300 years before Christ. You can go read about it. It's there. That's where elementary, this is where Christian schools came from. It didn't just come from America. It didn't just come from Europe. The idea came from Israel. Next slide, please. Taekwondo class, we got that started at least once a week. We outsource that. They come in, they teach Taekwondo. It's wonderful. All right, next slide. Next slide. Next slide. Our competition, we did Noah's Ark competition this year. Next slide. Students studying, praise the Lord. And to see boys, too, studying so hard, it's wonderful. Because, you know, just like anywhere, boys and girls are all different. And I'm realizing that now, even more so having a son, right? (laughs) You realize they're all different. And they're all dynamic, and they all have gifts and abilities. But, you know, studying and being studious is just, even over there, it's not really part of being a boy, you know? And so we're trying to teach them how this is part of being, growing up to be a good young man for God's kingdom. Be a student, not just of God's word, but also be faithful in your studies. Next slide. We won an award for tobacco-free school. We are recognized by the state. And we are called down to the district, which is the county there. And the county commissioner gave us an award for our school. Praise the Lord. Even in our, <laughs> even though we've been around only for a couple years. So, next slide. Next slide. We try to involve in all the community. We gave hundreds of blankets. We've supported hundreds of widows in different villages who their husbands have died and they are in poverty. And we try to help them with food, clothing, blankets, whatever is needed. There's no Goodwill store over there. There's no thrift shop in the region. By the way, there's no 911. You ever lived in a place that didn't have 911? I can only think of a few. You live under a mosquito net every night. Power goes out every day. You run on generator. Not just hurricane season, every season. That's what it's like. And so these things are there. That's the the environment that we're in. And that's why we try to really reach out to the widows and the orphans in our community, not just in the school. Next slide. Helping flood victims. Next slide. Spiritual emphasis weeks, reaching out to youth in different communities, partnering with other local church plants and indigenous churches to reach out to all the youth and all the children. Next slide. Being a team player, teaching Hebrew and Greek at the basic level for all the students so they can read the word of God, not just in their, in their dialect or in English, but also in the original languages. Next slide. Met with different key leaders of the nation and state. Next slide. I got to get on... TV up there, that was kind of a neat experience, but uh, I really enjoyed it because we got to pray for different communities that were there, and it was on the state television. And so praise God for that. Next slide. Meeting with the governor of the state, different leaders. Next slide. Next slide. Next slide, please. Also working with a Bible college. I help, well, we help with founding it as far as in the teaching. It's been going on for a couple years. We're help training future pastors. I'm also help teaching there and also teaching in the chapel also as a professor. And so that's one of the things I do on the side, okay? <laughs> you know, but that's called being a team player, right? We try to reach everybody for Christ. Next slide. Reaching different community halls, speaking at public events. Whatever God opens up, we take it. 
because we say that's for the kingdom. We always preach the gospel in these events. Next slide. All right, you see there, we see partner with Church Plan. We have an organization that we partner with out there, known for a long time. My wife's known him even longer because her grandfather helped start this organization and they have planted Baptist churches all over the Northeast region, like in these remote villages. I've been to a few of them, but some of them I'm not allowed to go to. Otherwise, it can become a problem, so to speak. But we help sponsor and we help support this work every year. Next slide. Next slide. Next slide. You see people coming to Christ. All different tribes, tongues, and nations. Next slide. Church plants going on. Speaking at a leper colony here in India. I've been to about 10 states in these different in these different parts of the region. Next slide. You probably recognize him. Anyways, next slide. And that just talks about a synopsis of what we're doing. Next slide. That's the future campus. Next slide. We need a school bus. 35, it's about 35 grand, 30 grand. It fluctuates with inflation, but we need a school bus. Right now we have an eight-passenger bus. We need a 40-passenger bus. We don't have one. So we're running all these routes, and the van keeps breaking, and it's, the van is just broken. So anyways, we need a 40-passenger bus soon. Next slide. These are the mission projects. They're also on the website. Next slide. Love, pray, and partner. That's my final uh, conclusion of this matter concerning this presentation but to love, pray, and partner with us. And if you go to our website, you can do that as well. I'm going to give it over to Pastor Fell. He's going to share with you all a closing. But I just want to, as I give it over to him, I just want to pray for you all and finish with prayer, uh, this conclusion of this presentation. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you, O oh God, for your kindness and your goodness to us. We thank you for your loving grace upon our life. Father, I just pray for First Baptist Church, Crawfordville, that you continue to bless them and keep them and anoint them with your love and your care. Father, we just pray, O oh God, as you continue to bless them, that they will continue to be a blessing to others and that you will continue to guide them and protect them with your holy angels. And Father, may they walk in your grace and in your love. Father, we thank you. We thank you as we quickly approach Easter time, as we remember the resurrection day, and remember the Passover, that Jesus is the Passover lamb, the lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. Father, I just pray right now, if anybody doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior here, that they'll come and talk to Pastor Fell, they'll come and talk to one of the staff members here, and that they will have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. It's very simple. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So Father, I pray, if anybody is standing there at the valley of decision, if anybody's standing there trying to make what decision to do, I pray today would be the day of salvation for them and for their family. Father, I pray that everyone would be saved. That is our earnest prayer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us for this podcast from First Baptist Church of Crawfordville. You can find more information and follow us on Facebook or visit our website, CrawfordvilleFBC.com.